Welcome to this edition of the John Papaloni Show. Today, I am going to have Angelina from CanLink People, and it is going to be a very interesting episode. Angelina, welcome to the show. Thank you, John, for having me today. Absolute pleasure. I've been looking forward to this. I, uh, You know, it's the first time I've had someone who's into the uh, career coaching uh, industry. I mean, it's kind of interesting, and I, I'm excited about it because I'm going to get a whole different perspective of it. Because it's still a form of entrepreneurship and what you're doing. And uh, it's just a different angle. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want, would you like me to tell you a bit more about what Kenling People does and how I help people? Absolutely. Because I usually start the podcast with uh, getting a little bit of a bio of who you are, what you do, how you do it, and how you got into it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's no pressure. Um, so I'm Angelina. I'm originally from France. I moved to Canada in 2007. And after a master's degree in HR management, I did all of my career in Toronto in HR. And now, after 15 years, I'm using my knowledge and skills and everything that I've learned in the corporate world um, to support candidates to accelerate their job search process. So there is some career coaching. Uh, resume revamp, interview prep, salary negotiation, and also some business tips on, you know, how to navigate the corporate world. A lot of my clients are immigrants. Um, either they are just, sorry, either they are just moving to Canada or they already live in Canada but didn't have a good experience when they were looking for a job. And so they get my support to make sure the experience is as smooth as possible. Right, which is, uh, you know, you brought up a good point there, right? Because the initial um, attempt, you know, when they get here isn't really what's expected. And I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that when you moved here, you had pretty much the same experience. Yeah, when I moved, actually, I I went to a an association that helped people to revamp their resume. Um, the reality is where every country has own laws and a way of doing things and even if I was in HR I had no idea of how to change my resume to make it more Canadian standards appropriate and so but of course after 15 years in HR I had seen enough resume and I've heard so many comments from hiring managers and what would make a difference between a candidate. And now I'm using this to make sure I can help people to understand what makes a difference because you can go on Google and, and find all of the information in the world. You're going to find very different information. You're not going to know who to believe. Um, you know, I do follow a few people on Instagram and I follow them because they have the same values as me. They see our role as HR professional the same way. And, uh, if you, if you work with the right people, you will get the right results very quickly. Yeah, that's one thing I've learned. I mean, it's not just in business, not just in, uh, in, in a sales role, but it's also in all aspects of life. It's all about who you work with. It's all about the network you build and form. I mean, like we're, we often say we're in whatever business, but the reality is I think we're all in the relationship business and, and that's what it starts with. But people don't always realize that. That, that, that's correct. Relationships uh, are very important. And that's a good point that you're bringing here because when you're a newcomer, you don't have your network established. And so it's a, an exercise for people to understand that in North America, using LinkedIn to meet people 
is actually a good strategy. Um, you know, I always say to people, go on LinkedIn, tell them you're new to the country, tell them that you need to understand the Canadian market, you need to understand how it works uh, in Canada. Don't ask for a job, just get to know people for them to share with you information that's going to help you to build your network. Invite people for coffee or if COVID does not allow us to go for coffee, just offer an e-coffee, send a gift card and get a 15, 20 minutes on the phone with someone just to get to know people. I think people in general, human beings really help, like helping others. I think it makes us feel good. Um, and if we can help someone new, we can, we may make a big difference in someone's life. 100%. I, I agree with you. You know, like, and that's the thing, right? Like even LinkedIn has transformed the way they are, the way they're operating from what they were 15 years ago, like 15 years ago, you just go onto LinkedIn just to send out a resume. Uh, but you know what? You can do that in ZipRecruiter. You can do that in, in Indeed. But it's let's be honest, computers are filtering out the resumes. So you're going to have a heck of a time finding something by doing that. So there's obviously different steps there and different ways to get attention because it's all about attention. And that's what you're trying to do. So I love how you said that. Just talk to people, interact with people. And, you know, like you said, if COVID prevents you from meeting for with people for a coffee, have that uh, virtual coffee. That is, you know, it's such a small investment and it could take you so far. Absolutely. For, for the story, for the context, um, before I moved to Canada, LinkedIn did not exist exist and there was something in France called Viadeo, which is pretty much what LinkedIn is now. And I had started reaching out to people in Canada, letting them know that I was moving and I needed to understand the Canadian market. Uh, I needed to understand how I could accelerate my own job search process when I would arrive. And I started like maybe six months prior to moving to Canada. And I probably, I don't know how many people I reached out to, but for sure, two of them, um, had a coffee with me and 15 years later we're still friends and actually one of these people told me oh go and speak to this person she works in a placement agency let's see if she can find you a job and things happen I go to the placement agency I become friend with this girl two or three weeks later she actually quit her job because she was moving back to friends gave my resume and I got her job so it's it's sometimes just a a matter of maybe the stars were aligned but if you do not create your own luck, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I call that the proximity principle, right? It's the truth. <laughs> it's right. It's like, and it's always about being there at the right time. But you're not there if you're not networking. Exactly, and that was really. I didn't ask for a job. I just said I'd, I'd like to understand what it is to be an HR person in Canada. What does it look like? And then people. Um, shared with me their experience and we went from there and it's just like, yeah, 15 years later, actually one of them uh, was a, one of my clients recently because he, he knew what I could do for him. Yeah. Now let me ask you something, right? Cause you could have just stuck with a job, stayed in a job and done none of this, but you mm -hmm. chose to branch out and do more. Mm -hmm. What was your motivation or inspiration? Um, so I would say maybe, about uh, 10 years ago, I started to help my friends or French people who had just arrived in Canada with their resume, employee relations issues, performance issues, interview prep. And every time I helped them, 
um, either they found the job or they resolved the issue uh, with their manager or their colleague. Um, but that always helped and it always worked. And then maybe I was like, maybe there is something to do as a business. And I started to go on Facebook groups for Francophone and start asking to be paid for my services. And I was thinking maybe I don't know these people now, money's involved, maybe I'm not gonna get the same results. But I did, I kept helping people to get jobs very quickly. And I'm like, okay, there's definitely something, but I had a big job. I was an HR manager. I worked for a very successful company. Um, I was working long hours. I had no time to have a side hustle. Um, so, but after seven years with my last company, there was a reorg and there was an opportunity to exit the company. And I took the chance. Uh, I was like, I think it's time for me to now have my own business. I've always wanted to help people. The reward of seeing people being successful is absolutely amazing. And that's what feeds me every day. Uh, as you know, being an entrepreneur is not every day easy, especially when you start. But True. then you get a message from a, a client or someone referred you and someone sends you a message and tell you how you change their life. And it's suddenly like, okay, I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. It's because I do impact people. I make a difference. And you know, in life, you have a few milestones. And finding a job usually is one of them. It's not a wedding. It's not a baby. Okay. But you will always remember when you started working for a new company because it's part of your, of your story as a human being. Um, and usually you may have a very good experience and stay with the organization for many years, or you may have a bad experience and you would still remember that a bad experience. So, you know, it, it is an impactful moment in someone's life. And, uh, it's, and I, and I do think that being a, an immigrant is very difficult. You have to adapt on so many levels. Um, and we don't have it easy. People think, oh, you're bilingual, you have a master's degree, you have this, you're that. It's not, it's not that easy. You do have to go through a, a certain process. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, I mean, like, there's a lot of stereotypes out there and there's a lot of... Uh, things people think and unfortunately what happens is there's always one or two people that the stereotype you know fits and then people assume it's everybody right? and that applies to all industries and and you know it, it's unfortunate and and you know people should be more open-minded and then you know because that's how you learn by by dissecting everything and asking questions you learn more and by learning more that's how you progress right, right but yeah. sometimes people get so set in their ways they keep closed and well, they get the results of that too. <laughs> well, you, you probably see that maybe with, you know, your, your network, but what happens with my clients is they may have had someone who actually destroyed their confidence with one sentence. And then they reach out to me and they say, I think I suck or I think I'm not going to find a job because of this or that. And then I actually help them to go through an introspection and actually help them to realize all of the good things they have accomplished and how they can tell themselves because it's kind of a selling exercise, I think, uh, when you're looking for a job. But once you, real, once you stop having this limiting belief because someone who had no authority on you um, did that to you and you can shift your, your, the way you think, then you can accomplish anything. But you just have to have someone who helps you to 
to see that for yourself. 100%. I love that. That's, that is so true. I mean, I think everything starts with mindset. That's so true. Being an entrepreneur, since I think we're talking about being an entrepreneur, mindset is huge, huge, huge. So when I started, I I hired a couple of business coaches, uh, first of all, because I did not understand what I was supposed to do as an entrepreneur. I, I knew my job. I knew how to help people, but I had no idea of how to run a company or, you know, visibility is big. <laughs> I was never in business development. I had no idea how to do marketing. Um, so I, and then I also had a business coach to help me with uh, my mindset. Uh, money was a big thing for me. I didn't, I, I didn't like asking for money. I, I just wanted to help people. <laughs> so it was one of the things I had to um, to work on. But now I also say to people, when you work with a coach, you invest on yourself. It can be a personal trainer because you want to be fit. It could be a dietitian. Anyone who can help you to reach your goals is an investment. And if you're working with the right per- person for your that works with your own values and what you want to achieve, then this is the best investment you can do for yourself, I think. But it's a mindset. Did I want to spend that much money on a couch, on a coach when I started? I was like, ah. Of course not. Nobody does. You know, you start your own company, you spend $5,000. It's a bet. But the result is there. So it's a return on investment. Well, look at all the top sports people. All the number ones all have coaches. Absolutely. So why would business be any different? It's funny you say that. I always say, if Serena Williams has a coach, well, she's been number one for, I don't know, many many years, 10 years, 15 years. Even if you're number one, you can always have someone to support you because you can always find someone to push you a bit further. For sure. What was the, like, obviously the scary part of venturing off was that if this doesn't work, what will I do? Right? Yes. Like, I mean, because that was that fear. But aside from that fear of taking the limp, leap, not limp, leap, what was the hardest part of it? There was no, no, I had, so there was no question when I, when I started. It was, an, like, it was very obvious for me that was meant to be. Um, I'm very spiritual. And as soon as I started, I I started to have clients. I started to have the results that I wanted for them. The scary part is definitely the financial part of it because you can be very good at what you do, but if people don't know you exist, you don't get paid, I guess. Um, right. So I think it's it's very it's it's more the financial aspect of it that was very scary. Um, you know, corporate world, to- Toronto, downtown Toronto, good job you know, six figures, salary, big bonus, uh, um, health benefits. And and suddenly you go and start from nowhere. Like at the beginning, there's no money coming in. So you're on your saving. Um, And that, that, I think that is for me um, very, very difficult, but I, I, I do not question at all my, my, my business or, where I'm going to be sometimes, you know, I don't know if it happened to you, but at, at the beginning I cried a few times and, and pulled my hair because I was like, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? Why did I do that? Um, but if I, 
then I asked the question to myself, do you want to go back to the corporate world? And the answer was no. So then you suck it up and you keep going and you just, if you need a, a day of rest, just rest for a couple of days and then go back and, and start again fresh. Uh, sometimes, I don't know if you work by yourself, but for me, I don't have a team anymore. And I think sometimes, you know, you don't have anyone to kick your butt and say, okay, today you do this. You are the only person who can kick your butt. So sometimes there are days when you're just like, I don't want to kick myself. I just want a dare, just like, but I get it. it it's because, you know, it, when you're an entrepreneur, it's the, the part that I love is helping people. It's all the coaching. It's like seeing them succeed. But the marketing, the business development, the technical issues with my systems, that I don't like it that much, but I don't have a choice for now <laughs> until mm -hmm. I can hire people. I get that part. And I think, you know, touching upon what you said, I think every entrepreneur out there at some point, every true entrepreneur, not a wannapreneur, a true entrepreneur, has that moment in time where things happen crap hits the fan and they just ask themselves, why am I doing this? You know what I mean? Like, but the difference is the successful ones move past that. Like you said, you cry it out, you hash it out, you do whatever it is to get over that emotion. And then you keep pushing forward. Absolutely. So, so with that being said, we all have, I find that in business, we all have that moment. And some of us have more than one where we have that aha moment saying, you know what? Now I've got that feeling that made this worth it. This is the moment where I feel that business is growing. It's where I'm supposed to be. And I'm ready to get to the next level because I'm in the right spot. What was that aha moment for you? Um, sorry. The first, um, so, so for, for, for some context, um, so I, I started canceling people, I would say beginning of, 2021 yes we're in 2022 2021 but I was still working in freelance I was taking a course with MIT um, I was learning about Instagram I was taking a course because I realized it was a big mark like an important marketing tool if I wanted to get known um, and then there was this moment when I was very tired of being in Toronto first of all I, as you know the COVID situation was quite restrictive um i had been in toronto for 15 years my family was still in france and a lot of things happened in 2020 and also being an entrepreneur and not having any money <laughs> at the start i wanted to decrease my my expenses so i temporarily moved to spain just because i can work from anywhere and then i finally uh in November last year, I went back to Toronto and sold everything and decided to go back and live in, in Europe again. Um, so there was that uh, moment for me that was important more personally, that was time to, to move back closer to my family. Um, but because my clients, I have a lot of clients in Europe and in Canada, I actually go back to France quite often um, for business because now I have partners who help people to immigrate to Canada. Um, I have a partner that helps people who has this holiday work permit. They are partnered with Air Canada, with insurances, with Desjardins. So now I am 
working with all of these big companies um, as partners. So the big AA moment was really more personal. And the other big AA moment, I think, is more right now in a sense that people come to me um, to be partners or to promote me or to, so I know my name is out. And I think that's when I know, okay, I reached that, as you mentioned, you know, you have different levels. Sometimes you yes. plateau and suddenly, boom, there is another layer that comes in. And, it, it, you know, you, you started your, your, your podcast and it's, I, I said last year when I started, I was in the, I was creating, creating content. I was understanding how to implement things for myself. I was not into selling. It happened, but that was not what I was looking for. And then after this six months of creating, I was more in the business development uh, since January 2022. And now I'm like, what is the next step for me to grow even further? So it's like step by step. It's it's almost like you are, when you're learning how to drive. I yes. don't know if you have a manual car, but let's- I've had that before. Manual. Okay. So it takes time for you to understand all of the things that you're supposed to do when, when you're driving and, and building a company is exactly the same. At the beginning, everything is like, oh my God, how am I going to do that? But then you, some things become very automatic and you don't need to think about that anymore. So you can go to the next step. It's like everything. It's like when, even when you look for a job or when you start working for a company, you have your first three months, you learn a few things and then you feel comfortable and then you can go to the next step. And it's the same with your career like when are you ready to become a team lead or a manager um or director you know it's like it's when you are able to move up it's because you don't have to deal with the stress that comes with any new situation because you have enough tools in your belt for you to overcome challenges or obstacles easily without having all of the stress Exactly. And, and that's the thing, right? So nothing is instant. And it's all about learning. Now, I got a little funny story for you if you want to hear about it. Yeah, go ahead. It's uh, my, my first experience of learning manual started with a motorcycle. And it was <laughs> when I was young. I was 15 years old. And I was in Italy at the time. We spent the, we spent the summer in, on vacation. My uh, mom went to see her mom because her mom got really sick. So we kind of knew it would have been the last time that she'll see her. So we decided to spend the summer there. Or my parents decided I was 15. I went with them. Um, and my dad, uh, I was fascinated by the, by the Vespas and the motorcycles. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't know why, but I was just totally fascinated with them. So I had, uh, they had let me drive the small ones because they didn't have gears. But I said, no, I want to drive the big ones. Let me, you know, teach me. And obviously my language at the time, like the, I it was English, right? Like I knew some Italian, but not well enough. So my dad tried to explain it to me. And my dad is, wasn't more of, he wasn't a patient person, right? So well, neither am I, but that's besides the point. So he was not a patient person. So he's trying to explain it. And he's like sitting there going like, it's easy. You push the gas, then you let go of the clutch. But the way he explained it like that, he didn't say the gradual thing or whatever. So I'm like, okay, gas, let go of the clutch. I went flying and my aunt just put out the food on the picnic table and I landed right in the middle of the food. <laughs> <laughs> but the point I was getting with that story is obviously that was a, a disaster, but had that not happened, I wouldn't have learned. Right. That was the first step. So from there, I knew at that point in time, you don't just let go of the clutch. <laughs> I, it, it's, it's too bad at that time. We didn't have uh iPhone to make 
to record that moment. I know that would have been the most followed uh, TikTok uh, video ever. <laughs> most, most likely you would have had a viral reel or something with that. Absolutely. That was just hilarious. And the look on my face, that was a picture perfect moment. <laughs> so yeah, it's like everything it's, it's, it's learning. And I think um, I can see all, like, I like to take time to see what I have been. I think a lot of us are, harsh with ourselves uh we tend to like i i keep saying i, I never do enough like I, I always think it's never enough yeah but then if i i write down all of the things that i've actually accomplished and i'm like oh i've done actually a lot and it helps to be like one step at a time you don't have to rush you just just go to the right speed for you like what is important for you because you know, everyone is going to be, I think, different as an entrepreneur. Some people are going to work maybe 20 hours a day. For me, having some balance is important. I do work a lot, but I worked a lot in the corporate world. And I think now as an entrepreneur, it's not that you can do whatever you want with your time. You do have to work a lot. But I have a look. It's the how do you manage your freedom? Like, because you are your own boss. And how do you decide, you know, what works best for you? So, Sometimes I, I work six days a week, but I don't work 10 hours a day. It's just like, I know on Sunday, I'm going to go to a cute place for brunch. I'm going to take my laptop and work for three hours. And I'm not going to think I'm working because I'm just in a cute place, having a coffee. In a... That's... So it, it, yeah. it depends. You're doing it on your own terms. You're still working, but you're doing it at your on your terms versus someone else's expectations. Yes. Does that mean it's easy? Yeah. <laughs> As I said earlier, because you are the only one who is responsible. It's easy. If you don't work, you don't get money. So how do you have a sustainable business that allows you to take some time off so then you don't burn out? Um, and what do you want to, what are your goals? Like, it's also important to understand what are your goals as an entrepreneur? Like, is it financial? Is it your time? Um, is it... It, you have to define your own goals. And I think sometimes you start, you don't know why you are starting. And then you have to question yourself. Why am I doing this? And to understand, yeah, to understand why it is important for you to do it. Uh, otherwise, if you lose the, the sense of... Yeah, yeah I don't you, know if, if you lose your sen sense of purpose or your, uh, yes. if you don't know what your why is... You'll burn out a lot quicker and you'll want to quit a lot faster. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. So, and sometimes I think it's important to go back to the why. And that's when writing down what you have accomplished. And for me, it's like my KPIs. When I see the results for my clients, it's really like, okay, yes, the, there's no mistake here. Everything is like on track. Your, your clients are reaching their objectives. Uh, you deliver the results that you promised your clients. Um, but it's, it's, you know, I don't know for you, but for me, I've discovered another, per I, I think I've discovered another Angelina through the process of being an entrepreneur. Um, I've, I think I've been able to be, to, to realize how creative I was. Like, I love the creative part of my job. Like I would actually, I have always a thousand of ideas. Implementing them is a little bit different, but. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, implementing is, is the key part, but it's also the, uh, the hardest to start because you get overwhelmed. Yes, but, you know, I, I feel like not that I think in the corporate world, you can be creative as well. 
but your ideas are not going to be implemented. Yeah. Because it doesn't go with the vision or it's not the right time um, or it doesn't go with the philosophy or we're not ready for the change in the culture, whatever, you name it. And it, it, it's okay. But I think having my own company and, and, and creating so much is like, oh, wow. And I think also because I'm a career coach, it's good to tell people you can learn any skills, any skills, any skills. True. Now, I want to bring up something that I commonly hear, and I'm not just from myself, but I hear like from even friends that uh, work in the corporate world have told me this. And it always comes down to promotions and stuff. And then like there's a habit out there. There's like, a group of people that know a promotion is coming up for somebody and they get all hyped up. And then when it's not them, they get so angry, they just quit and find another job. But the reality is there's only one position per, you know, so many people in that, you know, like there's only one manager's position and, and there's like a hundred workers under that one manager. So reality is it's like, you know, I find it's people are lacking patience. It's like, I've been here a year. I deserve the promotion. And it's like, yeah, but so does everybody else. And everybody else has been there for a year. You know what I mean? Like, so not, I think it's about almost like that we're in a culture of where people just want to give up too soon. They're looking for that Instagram response, like that instant gratification, um, so what would you tell someone who's in that position that just got passed up for a promotion? And let's be honest, the majority of the people who are angry, they got passed up, but the only thing they did was their job, but they think they're owed because they did their job. But that's not everybody, but that's a good amount of people. But where I'm going with this is, again, there's only one spot and 100 people to choose from. So they have a company, corporations going to choose either the best fit or somebody they know, let's be honest. Like your network is your net worth. So sometimes things get chosen that way too. So what would you say to that person who wants to quit? So uh, there are a lot of factors. It's not an easy answer. No. Uh, so we're, we're, we're talking about people internally, right? It's not that they are not hiring someone externally for this new job. Yeah, let's go with that one because that's just the easiest to explain. Okay. So there are... When it comes to promotion, there are a few things. First of all, it, it's not the years of experience. It's, it's the potential. So people have to understand, I mean, depending on the size of the company, but a, 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 let's say a big corporation is going to have something called, and depending on the level, but they have something called a succession planning. So they look at who have the right skills, who have the right put, um, potentials, where are they at in this, um, in the Excel spreadsheet? What, who can do what, when, when would they be ready now in two years, five years, 10 years from now? And then we work with uh, people to make sure we develop them to reach that goals. There's also something called in the corporate world, a nine box. And again, it's the uh, competencies and, and, and the potential. Um, and some people, are on that box and some people are not on that box. Um, so when there is an opportunity, the person who is in the box may have the promotion, but that's usually for directors and up. Um, when it comes to be able to, I, I do not, I won't think that an internal promotion for a company that is that has the right processes would promote someone because of the network. If you're, it, what people do is they do their job 
And they believe that their managers understand what they do. But the reality is the manager just see the results. They don't know how they got that results or how they exceeded those results. So I always say to people, it's important to have one-on-ones with their managers. It's important to have a little file where you actually track what you have accomplished. And so then you can talk about your, your achievements and you can explain how you have achieved those results. If as an employee, you're not able to do some introspection and you don't know what you don't know, it's also important to ask your manager and have honest conversation and be transparent what am I missing? How can I how can I reach my next goal in my career? It's important to have career conversation. If you don't have this conversation, you cannot expect things to come on your lap. I mean, you may have been noticed and people may know what you do and you may have that promotion. But you also need to promote yourself and be able not to, I'm not saying you have to oversell yourself. You need to be able to tell people what you do, how you do it, and what is the value that you bring. Um, But if your manager is not aware of where you want to go, you know, a promotion is not necessarily moving up. It could also be going laterally, lateral, because you can also build more tools if you, yes, you won't have the new title. Yes, maybe you won't have um, the salary increase, but you will have more knowledge and more um, tools that maybe will help you to go to your next step. There's no, I don't think there is one way of getting a promotion. So I don't know if I answered to your, let's yeah. say, the, yeah, the avatar who didn't get the, the job, but the you didn't get the promotion, I'm sorry. The question is, how long have you been in the organization? Have you been promoted already? How much raised? Uh, like, what is the percentage of salary increase have you had since you've been working with this company? Have you had conversation with your boss about what is your career path? What do you want to achieve? And do you have a plan in place? If you don't have all of that, start and then get your promotion. If one year or two years from now, you don't get what you want, then start looking for a job. However, there's nothing wrong in, if you love your company, don't leave. If you have a great manager, if you love your company, it's sometimes so difficult to find, don't leave. But if you're not happy where you are, leave. Yeah, because culture is important too. Yes. So there's, it's not an easy answer because there are so many things to look at. Right. So now, you know, looking at the time and I want to be respectful of the time, I'm going to ask you a couple more questions and then get into what I call a lightning round, which is just some fun questions. Okay. I'm scared. So, <laughs> no, it's not bad. <laughs> um, in terms of the uh, second last question is what would you tell aspiring entrepreneurs who are scared to take the leap, but are really want to? Fear is the only thing in life that will prevent you from reaching your goals or from from reaching something that you really want to achieve. People are scared of what the consequences are. Um, So why are you scared? Is it financially? Can you have a plan? Um, Like I do that with my clients as well. What is the worst that can happen to you if you don't get this job? What is the worst? And what, what are the risks that you are taking and what is going to happen? And I think really is like, do not let 
do not let fear stop you. That's number one. And number two, when it comes from your gut feeling, listen to it. Perfect. So last question is, how do you know you've had a successful day? When I get emails from my clients and they tell me how wonderful their resume look, how confident they, they feel now um, when they apply for a job and within the next 24 hours, they already have an interview request. When they go for the interview and they go to the second round and then they get an offer. Um, when someone calls me because I was referred, a good day is like the success of like my client's success is my success. For me, it's a good day. Great answer. So where do people find you online? Oh, yeah. So my website is kind of in reconstruction right now, you know, step by step. Um, they can go online, canlinkpeople.com, uh, Instagram, canlinkpeople. Uh, for the story, it's can, like Canada, or yes, you can. Link, because I think people need to link, and people, because people are at the core of what I do. Um, they can find me on LinkedIn under my name, Angelina Spadaro. Uh, TikTok, I'm not there yet, really, <laughs> but <laughs> soon, soon, uh, and yes. Awesome. Now to get into the lightning round, which is okay. all fun questions. And first question is going to be my favorite. What is your favorite food? Ooh, a quiche. That's a French, uh, a French food. Uh, it's like, a, yes. yeah, you know what a quiche is. I know exactly what it is. Okay, okay a quiche. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, favorite vacation spot? Uh, by the beach. Anywhere by the beach. <laughs> uh, anywhere, yeah. Right now I'm in the south of Spain. Uh, the, the beach is 10 minutes walk. It's not the most beautiful beach, but the water counts me down. Um, so anywhere close to, to a beach is what I need. Fantastic. Favorite book? Um, oh, la la. So many. Okay. Not business related. Uh, oh, I can't respond to no. Right, well, right now I'm reading Harry Potter in Spanish. Okay. My Spanish. So, okay, I'm gonna go with that. Uh, business book. I have to say earlier I mentioned the Diary of a CEO as a podcast, and I read his book, uh, Stephen Bartlett's book, at the beginning of of the year. It was. It's called uh, Happy Sexy Millionaire, I believe, and it's very to the point. There's no BS. Uh, I didn't think I don't think I've learned a lot, but it's a good it's a good checkpoint, like boom, 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 boom. That's that's the one that I read this year. But otherwise I have also thinking fast and thinking slow. Oh, that's interesting. That's very it's how the brain works and how you make decision and to understand it's very important to understand how people make decisions. So. Makes sense. I would ask you what your favorite podcast, but you already said what it was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, there are so many nowadays. It's difficult to to um, to keep up. But this one is. I, I know you listen to it as well. Um, so he has like very interesting guests, um, and I think it, it really helps also. Like, I want to read all of the books from all of the guests that he has. So. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> That's awesome. I want to take the time to say thank you very much for being on the show. It's been an absolute delight. Thank you. But I do have a question for you, too, now. I also want to Absolutely. know what's your favorite food. <laughs> you have to answer ah. all these questions as well. 
I tend to like to have a, my favorite food. I have a few things that I like, but one in particular, I usually, I usually like a, like a, uh, like a salad that's tossed with um, like cucumbers, uh, tomatoes, onions, and cucumbers, tomato, onions, and I actually make this one. I should know this. Um, green yeah. peppers mixed with feta, yes, and then uh, with uh, some chicken on top that was uh, grilled. Ooh. Okay, your favorite book? My favorite book would be The um, uh, Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Yep. It <laughs> Yeah, it's on my to do. It's on my read to read list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And the last question: Your favorite place? My favorite place right now will be. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I know. Hmm. If it's a short vacation, I would say Vegas. If it's a long vacation, I want to be in New York because it's hustling and bustling. Ah. Well, now we can travel again. So. Yeah, it's true. I'm going to Miami in about three days. Cool. How long are you staying there for? Uh, for eight days. Cool. Enjoy. Are you going to play golf or just? No, I'm going to hang out on the beach. I'm going there. My, I'm meeting my sister there. She's already there and she has her little one. So I'll hang out with the little one. <laughs> uh, well, enjoy. Thank you very much for having me, John. It was a real pleasure. Thank you. I, I was a little bit scared. I'm like, oh, la, la. <laughs> I, hope <laughs> I felt like I was the, the person who was being interviewed, so I, I, I could show how it feels for my for my clients when they were uh, being interviewed. But uh, yeah, it always starts off that way, right? Like I think everybody gets nervous in the beginning, you know, and that's the one thing with podcasts, right? Because sort of like, okay, what do I expect? What's going to happen, right? And it's like that. Oh my god, I'm being recorded. <laughs> it's like, but I mean, yeah. It was, it, after I th I find personally after about the first three four minutes, then it sort of glides. Yes. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we'll speak soon. For and sure. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Pleasure. Thanks again. Bye.